Morning. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus came. We thank you he died on the cross. But we also thank you that that was not the end of it, that you raised him from the dead and that he provides life for us now. We thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that this morning you would speak through me and communicate what you've given to me to communicate in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 1? I want to pose a question to you. How important was the resurrection of Jesus? Romans 1, verse 1. I'm reading from the authorized version, New King James. <laughs> Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. And this is the verse. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Never saw that before. God declared that Jesus was in fact the Son of God when he raised him from the dead. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Now we're also going to see in this verse, this 3 through 5, that through the resurrection of Jesus, we're reborn. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the res resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice that, has begotten us again, we're born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, First Corinthians 15, verse 16. Did I say 6? It's 16. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. I would say that without the resurrection of Jesus, if I'm still in my sins, then the resurrection of Jesus is probably the most important event in history, coupled with his death on the cross. If you take away the resurrection of Jesus, Christianity falls apart. It's one of the main foundations of the, of the faith. Okay. Now we're going to look at another resurrection of a dead man and see what we can learn about the resurrection of Jesus from that. In John 11, verse 1. 
John 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea, Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake, might wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Sometimes the Lord does something miraculous in your life or in the life of somebody you know. And that miraculous event becomes a milestone. And many years ago, uh, back in the early 80s, we had a young lady that my wife worked with, moved in with us. And she was uh, came from another church and started going to our church. And there was a church that we shared a building with, and we had a night service, and they had a day service, and they were very charismatic. And they had a healing service one night. Well, prior to this, Liz, who moved in with us, had uh, my wife hem all her pants on one leg because Liz's leg was maybe an inch and a half short on one side. So we went to this miracle service, and they prayed for Liz. And you should have seen the look on her face. I mean, it was just God became real to her. There was no more doctrine because her leg grew out. <laughs> we went home, and a lot of times these things you get home, and it's like, yeah, right. My wife had to let all the pants down on her, on the one side that she had hemmed. And you will never be able, and no matter what kind of storm comes in this girl's life and in our lives, <laughs> the devil will never be able to take you past that because it's a milestone. You've seen something that you can't explain in the natural, and there's evidence of it. And this is what Jesus was talking about. You know, I'm glad you, that we weren't there so that you might believe. So let's carry on. Um, just in going over that one thing about Liz... Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to show you something. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but sometimes when you, you go digging through the Bible, you start finding things. 
1 Corinthians 2, verse 3. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be based on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And it doesn't mean that you throw away the Scripture and you go by experiences. But what it means is that God will back up what he's preached or what he's provided for you through the Word and through the preaching that you hear from people like Pastor Don and other teachers. And you can't be taken past that. It's, it's something that you experience. Now let's continue on back to Thomas uh, or back to uh, John, verse 16. We're in John 11, remember? <laughs> okay. Um, verse 16, Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let's go, Let us also go, that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was still sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Notice Martha had the doctrine. <laughs> she had the teaching. She believed intellectually in the resurrection to come at the end, in the last days. Okay? And what does Jesus what does Jesus say to her? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I want you to imagine that you're a child again. Just think back to all the the magical type of things that you Santa Claus and all that. Um Imagine that you are captivated by Disney World and the whole aura around it, okay? Every book you read, every magazine article that you read is on that subject. You watch every TV show you can about Disney World, but your family's not in a financial position to take you there. One day you find out that, after, that the school's going to have um, a special program after school and they're going to have speakers come and talk about Disney World. Your parents take you there, and you hear from other students that have gone to Disney World. There's people who get up and talk about how they worked there, and they give you that perspective. And some people even knew Walt Disney. You hear about how Walt Disney was frozen immediately after he died in hopes that someday he could be revived. You ask many questions during the question and answer time, and then it's time to leave. It's all over. It's dark outside, and as you walk with your parents, a gentleman steps out of a limousine. He approaches you and your parents, and he says to you, I was inside, and I noticed that you are quite informed about Disney World, and the whole subject just seems to excite you. You explain that it's all you think about and all you want to know about, and you tell him that someday you hope to be able to go there, but 
Your family can't afford it. Then you ask him, do you know anything about Disney World? And as the man steps forward into better lighting, he says, I am Disney World. My name is Walt Disney. Would you and your family like to go with me to Disney World as my guest? And I will personally take you through all the parks and explain everything to you. Now look again at verse 25. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha knew about the resurrection. But on that same day, she was going to see the resurrection of her brother. And she was going to know that Jesus was the source of resurrection. He is the source of life and the source of eternal life. He's our God. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Now jump ahead to verse 39. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been, in, he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth, and Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Who was this man who at his command Lazarus was raised from the dead? What did Jesus say about himself? Turn to John chapter 8, 57. Then the Jews said to him, Jesus, uh, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. The late Walter Martin, who was the author of Kingdom of the Cults, said that Jesus used the name that God gave to Moses when Moses asked him his name. I am. And if you don't believe that, look at the reaction of the Jews. They immediately grabbed stones to stone him. He declared, I am. I am the eternal one. I am the God of Israel. And then later, Thomas says to him, you know, show us the Father. And what does Jesus say? He who has seen me has seen the Father. And then there's all the rest of the I am's. I am the vine. I am the bread of life. I am the door of the sheep. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in our text today, I am the resurrection. Jesus is not telling us that he will give us directions on how to get to heaven or how to become participants in the resurrection at the end of the age. Jesus is telling us that he is the source of everything that we need in this life 
and in the life to come. He is the resurrection and the life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we celebrate the resurrection. I thank you, Lord, that we do not have a system of laws and rules to follow. And if you take Jesus out of it, we still have our religion. I thank you that without Jesus, we don't have a religion. We don't have an eternal life. We don't have anything. I thank you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to see this more and more each day. That we would see that all we really need is you and that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.